0: There was a very simple Jew whose name was Shrulik. And Srulik had grown up in the United States, but spent the last three decades of his life in the city of Bnei Brak in Israel. And being a simple Jew, he took a simple job of being a janitor. And his Hebrew was never very good. He had a difficult time even reading Hebrew. But he was hardworking, having been raised, working his whole life. And Srulik told the story that when he was very young, when he was nine years old, Bachman Ha'etznan, Shem should save us from such things. His father passed away, and his mother, being concerned about having a child at home, put him into a kosher Jewish orphanage, where he would be raised by the staff instead of her. And she, being a religious Jew, wanted to make sure that her son kept Shabbos and Kashrut and had a Jewish education. And the orphanage promised that they would, but unfortunately, they didn't. They saw that Shrulik's mother wasn't so interested in her son, And so they forced him to work seven days a week inside the orphanage and out. And Shulek felt like something was not right. He knew that Jews don't work on Shabbos, but he was a young boy, and he didn't get much of a Jewish education, and he didn't want to cause any trouble. So he just suffered in silence and davened that Hashem save him from his difficult life. And one day, when he was 12, he saw in a Yiddish newspaper... There was an old Jew with a big beard, and it made a deep impression on him. He looked into the eyes of this Jew, and he saw a truly holy man. And it said in the article below the picture that this man was Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, who was also known as the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he had been in the Soviet Union in a communist prison, but now he was living in Brooklyn. And the article said that he loved every Jew, and that some people even said that he could do miracles. And shrewdly cut out the picture of the Rebbe and would look at it several times a day. And after a few months, he said to himself, the Rebbe will understand me. I have to send a letter to the Rebbe. But then he thought, why would the Rebbe want to hear from me? Who am I? Just a boy, an orphan. His mother doesn't pay attention to him. His father passed away. Everyone abuses him, disrespects him. But something inside of him said to write the letter. And so he wrote a letter. Now he had the problem of an envelope and a stamp and getting it into a mailbox so it would get to the Rebbe. But he knew how things worked in the orphanage. He spoke with one of the workers there, one of the janitors, who he was friendly with. And he asked the janitor if he would please do him a favor. He gave him a few coins that he had saved up. He said, please buy me an envelope with a stamp. And a couple of days later, the janitor shows up with an envelope and a stamp. And Shulek takes the letter, seals it in the envelope and gives it back to the worker, to the janitor. He says, please, when you get a chance, just put this in a postbox for me. And the janitor took it. And that night on his way home, he went by a mailbox and dropped the envelope in. And Shulek felt truly proud of himself. He had kind of accomplished the impossible. First, he found the strength to write the letter. And he got an envelope. And he got it sent out. And he figured, clearly Hashem is looking out for me. Something good is going to come out of this. And in the letter, he wrote about his sad story of being an orphan and his mother not paying attention to him. But the worst part was that he had to work on Shabbos. He said he could accept being an orphan except that his mother didn't pay attention to him. But he was begging the Rebbe to bless him. Please, Rebbe, I don't want to work on Shabbos. And even better, if you can just get me out of this place, I don't want to be here anymore. And a few weeks passed, and Shrulik was getting disappointed because he didn't get an answer. Another week and another week, and he put it out of his mind. He figured, ah, you know, what a silly thing to send a letter to some Rebbe that shows up in a newspaper and expect such a great tzaddik to answer him. But one morning, there's a letter waiting for Shrulek, and it's from the Labavitcher Rebbe himself. Now, for Shrulek, it wasn't just exciting that he got a response from the Rebbe. He'd never received a letter in his entire life. Not only that, usually the staff would open the letters and read them, but no one touched this letter. And not only that, the Rebbe actually answered him. So he took the envelope to his room, closed the door, sat down on the floor, and opened the envelope. He began to read the letter. And in the letter, the Rebbe wrote that he was very happy to hear from Shrulik, that Jews have to always be strong, and proud to be Jews, and proud to be God's chosen people. And not to worry, because Mazotov bar mitzvah was coming up soon and the orphanage would make sure that he has tefillin, and if not, the Rebbe would make sure that he has tefillin. And from the moment that he starts putting on tefillin, things will turn around for him. And sure enough, when Shrulek turned 13 and his mother bought him a pair of tefillin, miraculously, the orphanage told them they didn't need to work on Shabbos anymore. They found him a job outside of the orphanage, where his boss was a religious Jew and was closed every Shabbos. So just like the Rebbe said, from the moment he started putting on tefillin, he wouldn't have to work on Shabbos anymore. But the Rebbe's blessing didn't end there. By the time Shulek turned 15, he had saved up just enough money from his work that he could move out of the orphanage completely. And what he wanted to do more than anything was visit the Labavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. And he became very attached to the Rebbe. And at some point, he became officially a chassid of the Labavitcher Rebbe. And in 1950, the Rebbe passed away. And a year later, his son-in-law, Rabbi Benachem Mendel, took over as the Rebbe of Chabad Lubavitch. And Shrulik said, the last Rebbe was my Rebbe, and this Rebbe will also be my Rebbe. And Shrulik lived in Crown Heights, and would spend as much time as he could around the Rebbe, wasn't really able to learn, and he didn't really understand what the new Rebbe was saying. Because the old Rebbe spoke in a way that he could get a little bit here and there. But the new Rebbe, he was very demanding. He would take Kabbalistic concepts and explain them at length and in great depth. For example, how God is creating the world all the time. Every millisecond of every millisecond, Hashem is creating the world all the time. And were Hashem to stop creating the world, the world simply would not exist. And the Rebbe talked about how unique the Jewish people are and how the Torah is the blueprint for all of this. The Rebbe managed to take these complicated concepts and explain them in a simple way for Jews like Shrulik. For example, the Rebbe said, How do we learn to serve Hashem from electrical appliances? We have ovens and telephones, toasters, all kinds of things that are run by electricity. We can't see the electricity, but we know that it's there because when we pick up the phone, we hear a dial tone. And when we press the button on the toaster, it makes toast for us. So the Rebbe said, these things give us light, and warmth, and they benefit us in many ways, but they only work if we plug them in. And so too, each Jew and every person has a soul, and that soul has a power like electricity. It's invisible, but it can bring light and warmth and meaning and blessings. All we have to do is plug it in and press the button. And what is that button? It's keeping mitzvot. Because the word mitzvah comes from the word tzavta, which is a pliers, which brings two ends together, two extremes together. The mitzvah is the way that we in this finite world that Hashem created connect with the infinite En Sof, endless light of Hashem. And the Rebbe said, so our job is to reach out to our fellow Jews and connect them with their souls. And that's why you'll see on the streets of many cities where there's Jews, Chabad Hasidim will stand there and ask Jews, do you want to put on tefillin? Because the tefillin are inclusive of all the mitzvot. And the women asked Jewish women if you'd like to light candles for Shabbos. Because mitzvah gore'er mitzvah, one mitzvah leads to another. And that's all we have to do. We just have to bring light to the world and to the Jewish people through Torah and mitzvot. So the Hasidim were lit on fire by this idea. And many young new couples decided that they were going to go around the world to spread the ideas of the Rebbe and to bring Jews closer to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism. And Shrulik is looking at everybody. And Shrulik, he couldn't teach Torah. And Shrulik didn't really know how to write. He didn't speak so well. He didn't have any money. All he could do was work in Davin. And so he begged Hashem, Hashem, let me be a shalich of the Rebbe. Let me be an emissary of the Rebbe and to bring light to the world and my fellow Jews. And one day, when he's working, he has a brilliant idea. The de Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, had put out three small booklets that were translated into English. They had around 40 pages each. They had simple explanations of Hasidic ideas about God, the Torah, and the Jewish people. And so Shulik bought these booklets and tied them together with a string and put a piece of cardboard on the outside and he wrote with a marker. Chassidut Chabad and Then he took this little mini library that he had put together, these three books bound together with his cardboard spine, and snuck into the Brooklyn Public Library. And he casually made his way over to the Judaism section, took a book off the shelf pretending like he was reading it, and then, looking left and right, very subtly slipped his book of the three booklets back onto the shelf. And without looking back, he calmly left the library, kept his face straight ahead, and kept walking and walking, not looking behind him, worried that maybe somebody had caught him slipping this book onto the shelf in the public library. And by the time he got home, he was extremely happy, because he had just done a secret mission for the Rebbe. He had taken the Rebbe's teachings and put them in a place where there really wasn't anything truly Jewish, just a bunch of academic books talking about Judaism. But here was something unique and special that could connect a Jew to their neshama, to their soul. And many years later, Shulek was riding on the subway late at night. The car was virtually empty. There was actually only one other person sitting there, a religious Jew, and he was reading a newspaper. And Shulek looked over at this guy. And this guy looks over his newspaper. And two of them say, Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. And they start a conversation, and Shmulek tells this guy, he lives in Crown Heights, and he's a chassid of the Labavitcher Rebbe. And the other guy said, he lives in Mansi. and even though he isn't a chassid, it's thanks to the Labavitcher Rebbe that he became religious. And Shmulek said, really, tell me your story. And the guy said he grew up in a non-religious home, and a few years ago, he didn't know anything about Judaism. And one day, he happened to be in the Brooklyn Public Library, and he went to the Judaism section. And he's going over the shelves looking for something interesting. And he sees a strange book with a cardboard spine written with a marker that says, Chasidut Chabad Lubavitch. And even though it looks so strange, he decided to take it off the shelf. And he saw bound in that cardboard were three small booklets of translations from the last Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said he sat there and he started reading them. And even though he didn't really understand what he was reading, It fascinated him, and he couldn't put it down. There was something so special about the way the Rebbe wrote about Hashem, the Torah, and the Jewish people. For the first time, this Jew understood that there was something very deep and alive in Judaism that he'd never seen before. He said it's thanks to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and those books that somehow ended up in the Brooklyn Public Library that I became a Baal Tshuva, and I became the religious Jew that I am today. And the Jew from Mansi looks over at Srulik, and Shrulik has tears in his eyes. And he said, what did I say? Did I say something to offend you? I know some people don't like the Hasidim, but don't feel that way. I like Hasidim. I like you. And Shrulik says, no, you don't understand. I had such a hard life. I grew up as an abandoned orphan, and I became a Hasid of the Rebbe. And then the Rebbe died and I became a chassid of his son-in-law. And his son-in-law said, we have to spread the wellsprings of Torah and chassidus outwards and connect Jews to their soul. And I can't learn. And I don't have any money. And I didn't have any way. Till Hashem sent me this idea to take three booklets of the last Lubavitch Rebbe and bound them up in some cardboard and write on the spine, chassidut chabad Lubavitch and he said, and who merits in this world to be able to see the fruit of their labors? You, my friend, is the Jew that I merited to reconnect by sharing the last Labavitcher Rebbe's teachings. And the two of them embraced one another. They exchanged numbers. They kept in touch for many years until Shrulik moved to the Holy Land, to Bnei where he continued working as a janitor helping his fellow Jews as a secret shaliach of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's. I have another short story for you. There was a Jew who lived near the Prussian border and came to visit the Rebbe, Rebbe Yitzchak of Neshchiz, the son of Rebbe Mordechai, And he told the tzaddik that he was randomly fainting all the time. And the doctors couldn't figure it out. And he pleaded with the Rebbe to please bless him that he would be healed. And the nesh he said to him, it might be that you will be healed, but I can't promise you and I can't give you a blessing. He said, Rebbe, what kind of Rebbe are you? People come to you all the time. He said, yes, but my friend, the reason that I can't give you a blessing is because you forgot that only Hashem can help you. You for sure heard that in Neshchiz, there's a Rebbe who can do miracles. And you decided to put your trust in me, hoping that I will give you a blessing and that my blessing will heal you. But because all blessings and healings come from Hashem, I can't bless you. Only Hashem. And this poor Jew, he stood there in front of the Rebbe and he's like, Rebbe, I don't understand. So the Rebbe said to him, there was once a simple villager and his wife. And they had been robbed of a large sum of money. And they went to the great Rebbe, Rebbe Slayel of Kosnitz, and they asked him for a bracha. And the Maggid of Kosnitz, he said, why are you coming to me? They said, Rebbe, because you're a great tzaddik. He said, but I didn't steal anything from you. I was at home all day. My whole family can tell you that I wasn't in your house or the vicinity. And he said, Rebbe, we're not accusing you of stealing the money. And so the Rebbe said, so what do you want? He said, Rebbe, we want a, a bracha from you. We want you to bless us, that the money come back to us. And they put a gold coin on the table as a pidion to be given to Tadaka. And the Rebbe said, I want more. So they said, no problem, they put two gold coins on the table. The Rebbe said, nope, I want more. And they added more and more gold coins until they had 60 gold coins on the table. And the Rebbe said, you give this money to charity and Hashem will bless you that the money will come back to you. But the wife, she looked at this huge amount of money, all these gold coins piled up on the table. It was too much for her. She took them, put them all in her kerchief, and said to her husband, Let's get out of this place. I'm sure Hashem can help us without the Rebbe. When the cousin Sharmagid heard this, he said to them, I think that you should know that no matter how much money you were going to give me, I wouldn't be able to bless you, because you forgot that all salvation comes from a Kadosh Uhu? And you only came to me because you thought that I could help you. And you never thought that Hashem could help you. And that's why I refused to take any of the money that you gave me. But now that you realize that no matter how much money you were going to give me, salvation wasn't going to come from me, but rather Hashem, I can now bless you that the money will be returned to you. Because you remembered that Hashem is running the world. And the Rebbe also reminded them that were they to take the full 60 gold coins and give it to tzedakah, that nobody ever loses money from giving tzedakah or spending money on a mitzvah, and that not only would the money come back to them, but they would become very wealthy as a result of it. And it wasn't easy. The husband and wife, they looked at one another, they looked at the Rebbe, and they decided to give all of the money to tzedakah. Just like the Rebbe promised, Hashem returned to them all of the money and much more so the neshkesher turns to the guy who's fainting all the time and he says so you see you ask Hashem to help you and when the gates of heaven are open for you i promise that i will daven for you as well <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends, as always. I want to thank one of the new supporters of the podcast, Holy Sister Anna, and her son, Rafael, who listened to the podcast on a regular basis. and She's written to me several emails. So thank you for being such loyal listeners and for continuing to listen and support. And thank all of you, my sweetest friends, for listening. Make sure you go back and listen to the older episodes. I can't even believe how many I've recorded so far. But there's so much good stuff there. And even I forget the stories that I've recorded. So take advantage of it. Go back and listen to the early episodes. Listen to all of them. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends. You see literally every day, new people are subscribing to the podcast. And Baruch Hashem, people are stopping me on the street and in shul. I had a guy sitting next to me at the Kiddush this last Shabbos. He hears me speaking. He says, are you Barak Holman from the podcast? I said, yeah. I said, my wife, and I listen to your podcast, and I recognize your voice, so that's only thanks to you, my sweetest friends. Thank you for all your support, your kind words, and your contributions. And have a good Shabbos, and I look forward to telling another few stories next week. Until then, my sweetest friends, Zai Gesund, take care of yourselves.